Hello and welcome to Live Fix Radio. This is Chris. This is Colleen. And we're we're excited to have you guys join us this week. Uh, we have a uh, another live music fan that we brought on the show. Uh, his name is Ben Ben Slater of uh, SlaterCreative.com. Uh, uh, one of our friends, actually, that we met at uh, back uh, at Rothbury. Yeah, uh, actually, we know. had a, yeah him and his wife. We met at Rothbury. Um, they both are photographers, so I think yeah. I met them in the pit, and then yeah. I introduced you to them, and and the story goes on. Yeah, yeah. So this is a uh, this is a concert fan chat, uh, three years in the making. So, you know, a lot of times we're out there uh, covering shows and making you know making some friends and chatting about live music with everybody. And uh, finally, uh, Ben and I got together and uh, we had a little chat. Um, really, really awesome chat. You know, like I always say on the on the show here, you know, we just talk about live music and we covered some pretty cool stuff. Uh, ben is doing something uh, very interesting called uh, DocuFest, which is essentially, since he's a photographer, uh, it's a um, project um, that he has created to uh, document experiences that fans and bands have at, at shows, you know, and at festivals to bring uh, more of an in-depth study, not just what's going on on stage, but a lot like we what we do. It's pretty cool to have him on the show, and uh, we're going to learn a lot more about DocuFest. Uh, he had some great stories about Burning Man Festival, um, so all that uh, great, great stuff that we have uh, for you guys. So, but first, we've got to get to some music news. Yes, it's been a uh, it's been a busy, busy week, last couple weeks uh, for some music news. So last show we couldn't pack it all in, so we got some good good stuff for you guys uh, this week. So we're not even into the summer music festival season yet. I mean, we've started with Coachella and everything, but we're just heating up and fans are already doing some whacked out stuff. I think we maybe need to come up with like a blog or a ebook fans behaving badly. Yeah? I think so. And maybe we can like incorporate pictures. And that's that something because we can do. it just seems like I mean, I don't know if you've ever read the the cat that behaves badly, the dog behaves badly. Yeah. I mean, I I yeah. think the fan Oh, it's overdue. The fans yeah. that behave badly is like overdue. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have a series going on. I mean, uh, you know, about Fans doing things, you know, dancing naked or, you know, doing just jumping off things, know, jumping off things. So you actually have a uh, interesting story to share. Yes. Here, happening in a uh, uh, concert fan uh, in Australia. Yes. I uncovered an interesting video this weekend. OK. And the video is of a man and he is dancing up on a scaffold that he climbed up. I would say it's about five stories. Yeah. Um, what he, cli- is that? he climbed up. It's at, at the Creamfield Festival, uh, okay. um, and he actually climbed up the scaffold. He must have gotten past security. It appears. Yeah, I'm watching Climb- this video, and I'm I'm watching this guy, and I'm like, how the heck did he? How did he get past security? You got to watch the video Do on the ha- on live this, fi- this livefixblog.com. Right, right. You you, you, you got to see this it. thing. We'll have a link to the video. We're not going to tease you guys and not let you watch the video. So he climbs up. And then he's up there dancing. Of course, and waving fans his are cheering, around. right? They're, they're cheering. This guy's climbing up five stories on the scaffolding. There's a DJ playing, so it's very energetic. So, so he's got a he's got a little soundtrack. It's like Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. You know, he's like right. climbing up there like Tom Cruise. And I think he's only up there for about I don't know ten minutes at most. Maybe not even that much. Seems a lot longer and because it was dramatic. He People falls were... bad. He falls. Yeah. He falls well, he backwards. Well, he does this first. He kind of, you know, he gets up there and he does this, you know, he kind of looked like Leonardo DiCaprio in the, in the Titanic, you know, at least the clips that, that I've seen because I've never actually seen that movie before. 
but he looked like he was like, yeah, I conquered the I conquered the scaffolding, and he starts to lean back, right? Yeah, and, and oh he falls God. back. It and, looks like um, a little human pinball. And everyone's kind of in, in the audience are oh. just like either not looking or cheering, ga- you know, gasping or cheering, cheering. or Lots and cheering. he actually survived. He got up and kind of gave a yeah. security ran to him, and then he kind of gave a thumbs up to everyone. So he did survive. They took him to the hospital, and I believe he was only there for a short time and actually checked out and tried to get back into he the festival. He tried to get back into the festival, and apparently, according to some of the news items that I saw on this thing, that uh, he was denied access, apparently. They said, dude, you already climbed one scaffolding. He's too much of a liability. <laughs> you nearly killed yourself. We already fired the security guy. We can't let you climb up there again and, and kill yourself you know, again, right? But do, do concert fans have nine lives? You know, there's a lot of things. You know, watching this dude, it made me think about, you know, all the crazy things that concert fans do. You know, we, we see a lot. You know, we cover a lot, you know? And I'm wondering if this uh, falling fan should get together with the dancing man uh, from the Sasquatch Festival. Maybe these guys go on tour together. You know, this uh, I don't know. Maybe there's something there that these guys could do some type of combined dancing circus act, you know, because it seemed like people like this kind of thing, you know, add a little drama to the show. Of course, the DJ, you know, when he was playing, uh, the guy's climbing there, and you can kind of, you can hear the music, cause it's bass, boom, 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 pounding, you know. Um, but the DJ apparently was, he was tweeting, you know, during the uh, during the set, but crazy stuff, right? You know. So, so that that's our first piece of news. Yeah, if, you got, if any if, if any of you were at Creamfields Festival in Australia and you witnessed this thing, or if you've ever seen any fan, because this isn't the first fan to climb scaffolding and nearly die. I mean, this has been this has happened for years know, and years right. and years. If you watch the old Woodstock Festival, you watch that movie, you see people climbing on that scaffolding, and that was way more dangerous than than this. So. Um, very dangerous situations, but if you guys got stories, we, we'd love to hear those types of stories that um, uh, that you have. And you know, we actually have a. Uh, you guys can call in on our uh, our concert fan uh, hotline, uh, which Colleen has been um, feverishly taking all the calls, uh, you know, from from you guys. And that that number is seven seven three six zero nine four three four one. So if you're a Creamfields uh, concert fan, you saw this guy take a leap. Let us know. Give us a buzz. Tell us all about it. You know, so it's uh, wow. That's that 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 that, that video, Colleen. is just crazy. I don't know. Really, really interesting. So, what else we got? For music news. What, well, what else you got? there's uh, another thing that I kind of stumbled across. Um, I'm not a huge Coldplay fan, but I like a lot. I liked some of their stuff. Yeah, um, you know, their new stuff I haven't listened to as much, but um, I have a lot of friends who love Coldplay and I've seen them live. But they came out with this new concept called the Xyla Bands. And so when they're um, playing, they actually, well, when, the, when you show up to the concert, they actually give you these wristbands. Hmm. And the wristbands, as soon as they play certain songs or as soon as they turn them on, they get them all. The, actually, the band controls them. Band and controls the bands. They control on, the bands on, on and the they light up. Fans' arms. And we'll have, we also have a video. Um, where you can actually see this happen. So when the band first comes out, all of a sudden you see, and, and the bands actually move with the music. They light like with the music. So, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I would want to go to just a show just to experience that. Some of the mm. videos just looked awesome. So who knows? Maybe we'll, this will be a trend, and we'll see some more bands using that. 
yeah, realizing if, if it. you think about this, you know, this is a way, you know, got, again, like the uh, Tupac hologram thing, can't stop thinking and talk about that because that's just, that's a complete game changer. And I think when you start to combine a lot of these technologies, you know, the mobile, the holograms and the xylobands, things like that, giving fans more interactive, you know, that, 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 that ability to connect with the band and um, maybe kind of weird that the band can, can control the fan, but would be kind of interesting to uh, put some kind of chip. You know, into, uh, you know, the fans take a little pill, you know, a red pill or a blue pill, you know, kind of thing before they come in the concert. And not in a weird drug substance way, but in a, you know, safe kind of thing. But work with me here. You're looking at me like I'm talking weird. Sounds dangerous to me. Sounds dangerous? <laughs> We're experimenting, right? I mean, this is, you know, kinds of things that, uh, yeah, holograms, mobile apps, xylobands, you know. Well, I think it's really interesting about the xylobands. Is that the co-founder? Would you like or the a... founder? Actually, I shouldn't say co-founder. Right. Founder of the Zylo Bands actually is a Coldplay fan, hmm. and he um, actually won an opportunity to. Hope I'm getting the story right, but on the website it talked about him actually winning like a meet the band hmm. opportunity. Really? And when he met the band, he actually explained to them the concept that he had had and has had a vision for Coldplay to have these wristbands hmm. and a light, kind of a light show. So he actually, Coldplay bought, kind of liked the idea, and he went back and then made it. Now you can actually buy your own hmm. and bands, and you can do them for events. You can do them. Um, they have a whole website, xylabands.com. So, wow. wow. Awesome. Check it See, out. See, if you're a fan, you got an idea, and your band's cool, and they, they support you. They could, uh, you know, help you make it a reality, you know. I think that's uh, that's fantastic. So I know we got some Jimi Hendrix fans that uh, listen, listen to the show, and I was kind of looking over your shoulder, Kyle, when you were um, doing some of your news hunting, and looks like you got some interesting stuff there. I did. The, uh, I did. I, I recently found that um, Andre 3000 from Outkast. Uh-huh is actually going to be playing um, Jimi Hendrix in an up-and-coming video, bio... Biopic? Biopic. A biopic, yeah. There's a documentary? It's a documentary. Well... Probably biopic, right? Biopic. Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, because he's not alive anymore. This is a hologram, a Jimi Hendrix hologram? Or is this real Jimi Hendrix? No, this is real. And it's due out in June. Okay. And he actually will. He actually is going to um, play him from kind of sort of what he Jimi Hendrix was doing hmm. during the time, the years of 1966 and 1967. That was the big year for Hendrix. So he's going to focus on that year, and they're going to depict um, even the the small New York clubs that he played in and was actually discovered by the oh. animals. Chris Chandler. Yep. So, yeah. I don't know if you're aware of that, but... Yeah, there's a documentary uh, about Jimi Hendrix that um, kind of depicts some of those early days of him. You know, he actually opened for the Monkees uh, at one time, and uh, he played... He actually got big in London before he came to the States, and then when he toured the States, that was, um, you know, with uh, with the Monkees and everything. So, that sounds really interesting. So you know, the I movie wonder is... if a lot of those little venues that they'll be showing uh, him in, you know, I wonder if they're going to be recreating them, re... You know, um, renovating them, or you know, are they still around? You know, I mean, that's 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 kind of interesting. Wow, very uh, very cool. And the an movie is actually supposed to be called "All Is, is By My Side," and it's going to be written and directed by John Ridley. 
Hmm. Best known for the... He's the writer for Three Kings. Oh, okay. The movie Three King, Kings. So. Oh. so keep an eye out for that. We'll see. Sometimes these don't come to tuition, you know? Sometimes they just don't end up really happening, but they get, you know, they build up the hype and... I hope it does. It sounds cool. I'd like to see uh, Andre, Andre 3000 play Jimi Hendrix. Uh, you know, of course, you know, they do have... Um, you know, history of uh, making movies. I'm forgetting what the name of that movie was that they were in. Um, that speaker box. That's the name of the album. But there was a movie that uh, Andre 3000 made, and I'm totally blanking on it. So, but in any case, uh, more music news here. Um, it's like I said, it's been a busy, busy week. Um, and uh, a couple, sh- uh, a couple shows ago, not a couple shows ago, I guess, but uh, a few shows ago, we uh, were we we've been following and reporting on the uh, Indiana State Fair collapse with Sugarland. So recently they, you know, have been going through all these rules and inspections and, you know, revisiting all the regulations and all those kinds of things. And, um, you know, they did put those into effect. So right now all of the, according to uh, Polestar.com here, they're actually, um, you know, there's uh, 450 of the state fairs, state small fairs and festivals are scrambling to figure out how many, uh, how to comply with the regulations and how much it will cost. So they put these things into effect. Now these festivals and all these other uh, state fairs, they have to abide by these laws, and they're trying to figure out how they can um, they can do it. So essentially, you know, some of these rules, um, you know, the state legislators think were good. Um, but there's some of these rules that they think that uh, they could have gone a little bit further were, uh, further with. So it's kind of interesting. So we're going to continue to follow this, but uh, that happened kind of fast because there was all these reports that saying they weren't going to be able to get through all of these, we weren't going to be able to make the changes, regulations fast enough. Here we are less than a year later heading into summer festival season, and they already have rules and regulations in place to make sure you know that they uh, they want to create a buffer zone. It looks like they want to add some type of weather person to the concert scene to say, hey, you know, this is what a weather system looks like. This is what's happening. This is what can happen if you guys don't act right now because they didn't have that kind of, uh, you know, person there to, you know, give everybody a a fair warning. So kind of interesting. We'll continue to cover that. Um, What else we got? So there's some history made. So uh, for those of you not in the Chicagoland area, there is a really interesting, fun venue called Ravinia. Uh, just in the northern suburbs of Chicago, and they actually had a uh, a new, um, you know, they had some uh, uh, you know, um, history made. And basically, what they did is that they uh, they actually changed their lineup. Well, they have a new lineup. There's, yeah, they, they announced a better this year, lineup that they've year, had in a one while. Of the best lineups they've ever had probably in the history of their James uh, Taylor, Cosby, Stills, and Nash, right. Train. Yeah. So they on the day that Colby they announced. Clay. Right, Colby Calais, awesome. Sarah right. McLaughlin. Yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay. The, it goes on and on. <laughs> it does, and it's that very list that, that made fans uh, rush the site, and they crashed it. So they never had this many people try and uh, get, get tickets for them before. So they actually said uh, they had here... It says, last year we broke our previous record sales, peaking at 2,400 users trying to purchase tickets simultaneously. This year, they shattered that by maintaining 9,000 plus users through the lunch hour. Um, but they, you know, if you were fo- we were following this uh, the last l- last week when it happened, they actually crashed the site and they were sending out tweets and 
Facebook updates, things like that, saying, hey, you know, we crashed the site. You guys want to see all these bands, you know, so fans are hungry to see these shows. So, um, you know, if you guys were part of that uh, Ravinia um, surge, uh, let us know. We'd love to know uh, some of your favorite Ravinia stories. Uh, last year we saw Tony Bennett there. So Ravinia is a great, great venue, um, kind of a interesting set up too because they you can have lawns and you can kind of bring what do they call wine tables or what do you yeah you can kind of bring lawn tables, like picnic right? tables picnic your own lawn you know you know tables that fold up and they I got mean, a pavilion people, you know? almost all everyone if you're on the lawn has candles and they'll bring their sometimes their dinner or desserts or um i mean it's a it's an event and most people go to you know they'll pay for one you know, or they'll or they'll get a they'll have like a season pass, and uh, I'm sure they have a bunch of festival grounds like this in other places, an outdoor venue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're ever in Chicago, you're here for a summer music season. And Ravinia is definitely one of the places that you want to check out because they're uh, it's a cool venue. We've seen John Legend there before. Um, you know, uh, one of my favorite shows um, in recent years. You know, experiencing uh, screaming. Fans uh, loving John Legend. Uh, last year we saw Tony Bennett, um, another classic concert experience there. So great to hear uh, Ravinia uh, is uh, growing and bringing in more uh, more fans to their site. Love to love to hear that stuff. So you know we've been following the Beatles, and um, you know we're big fans of uh, concert documentaries, and it was really cool to hear this. Uh, news that they are actually um, there's some lost a lost concert. People found this uh, Beatles Lost Concert, and um, it's a new documentary that they're making. So it's kind of interesting that um, this, uh, it's actually called The Beatles, The Lost Concert, and it takes place at uh, Washington Coliseum, uh, February 1964. And uh, getting to, according to this news article here, um, it was uh, to an overbooked teenage audience of 8,000 screaming fans. And it says 8, here that... 8,000, wow. 8,000, yeah, imagine that. So 12 songs set include She Loves You, I Saw Her Standing There, and then uh, the show came just two days after the group's landmark appearance on Ed Sullivan's show. So you can imagine some of that... The hype that All the hype that was that there, time. right? Sure. So, you know, and we've covered the Beatles before, you know, in showing how they used baseball parks to uh, to tour um, during their first, you know, those 60s, uh, 64 to 67 uh, tour so this is going to be an interesting movie i'm interested to uh looking forward to seeing how how it works and uh there's documentaries uh there's interviews with steven tyler chuck berry and mark ronson so the producer of uh amy winehouse albums ah, okay so very cool called the beatles the concert and uh, the lost concert and it is uh so it's scheduled to uh kick off in New York's Ziegfeld Theater, May 6th, and it's going to be nationwide May 17th through the 22nd. So uh, definitely want to be able to check that one out. Maybe we'll uh, hear some stories from you guys and also report back on how uh, how that turned out. So very very cool. So you know, just like just like Ravinia, you know, there's some there's some really great stuff going on in Chicago uh, for free music. And if you are new to this whole thing, every summer Chicago does what we call downtown sound. And the lineup for this year looks really, really sweet. And it has a whole bunch of bands. And they've actually added this uh, uh, other element of electronic music, you know, with all the, um, uh, you know, the mainstream takeover of electronic music. They've added um, 
another series. So they have the downtown sound, and then they have a loops and variations, uh, which takes place uh, June 7th through July 12th. So some of the bands that are playing in the downtown series are Kelly Hogan, Scott Lucas, and the Married Man. Of course, Scott Lucas of um, Local H. That's who I'm supposed to try and say. Uh, Jonathan Richmond, The Eternals, Cloud Cult, uh, Occidental Brothers Dance Band, Joan of Arc, The Sadies, um, one of my uh, favorite bands uh, growing up, uh, and then a um, whole bunch of other, other... Abigail Washburn, yeah, yeah which we've Uncle seen Earl. a few times. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Earl, right, right. So there's a lot of good bands out there. So basically what, what Downtown Sound is, it's free music that you can go check out. And uh, it takes place at 6.30 uh, every Monday uh, during, the, during the season, starting uh, May 28th. And it runs through July, through the end of July. So definitely a great thing. We've, we've, uh, we've seen Andrew Bird during this time uh, and a lot of other bands. So if you want to do some free music, go check out Downtown Sound in uh, Chicago. It's right, it actually takes place right in the same area that Lollapalooza does. So love, uh, love that. So our last piece of music news here. So, and this this one's a long time. And this you know this one's a long, long time in the making. Uh, I lost a bet to my cousin, uh, my cousin Matt. Uh, I'm a Bears fan. He's a Packers fan. A couple years ago, yeah, I can't believe it's already two years ago. But uh, the Bears and the Packers were playing in the NFC Championship game. I reached out to Matt because uh, he grew up in Milwaukee and he's recently moved here downtown in the in the Chicagoland area, and he lives really he lives close to uh, to Metro, uh, one of our favorite venues. And I was like, you know, I think the Bears are much better, and uh, you know, of course, I don't like the Packers. And I said, hey, you know, Matt, if if the Packers win, I will buy you, you know, I will take you to your choice of concert, buy you a ticket drink whatever at the show and if the bears win then you take me to a show at the metro you know and buy a ticket and all that kind of stuff and i was like I'm like the bears are gonna win because they were you know they were rolling all this kind of stuff so i was confident i had totally you know talked it up got hyped up and all this kind of stuff made a little video wore my urlacher jet you know jersey like a like a fool you know and i lost the Bears lost, and um, but the good thing about it is that uh, Matt has picked for uh, for the concert to go to Group Love, coming out uh, in Chicago on uh, on Saturday. So we're actually going to go to the show together. This is Matt's very first time going to the Metro, um, and he picked a really good band, um, new band um, coming out uh, in uh, with their first album last year, and then uh, you know a lot of people have been talking about him, and I've been enjoying the album i'm looking forward to it so we're going to keep we're going to keep you guys updated on that we're going to have matt on the show we're going to talk about him he's actually does uh you know some other he has some musical talents as well we're going to talk about that and uh we're going to share uh you know another concert fan story so looking forward to uh to that so that's just about wraps up our uh our music news uh segments and now we're going to uh we're going to talk all about um docufest we're going to get to know ben slater and um, everything else about uh, we got uh, what to say about Bernie. You're Man. in for a huge treat because Ben knows a lot about live music. Yeah, this is and this he sees is, it from an amazing perspective. Absolutely, he's got a lot of great things to say. You know, we talked a lot about just Rothberry and just we've had some really great chats on Facebook, kind of back and forth. So finally, get a chance to talk about it here, share it with you guys. So here's that interview. When we come back, 
We'll talk about some other stuff, wrap up the show, and we will uh, see you guys in a bit. Ben, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, it's great to great to have you on the show. Thanks a lot for having me, Chris. Uh, it, you know, it's uh, always uh, always fun to uh, be able to connect with with other fans on uh, on, on the online basis. Uh, you know, lots lots of really cool blogs and and, and uh, you know, podcasts out there. So thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, you're, you're welcome. Uh, I know we had a chance that we first met at uh, Rothbury in the uh, the what it, what it, uh, formerly known as Rothbury, I guess it's now moved into the Electric Forest Festival. But uh, it was uh, it was great meeting you and uh, you know over uh, during during that festival. So a lot a lot's changed since then with with Rothbury. But uh, um, it was great to first meet you guys there and uh, you know stay in contact uh, for the last uh, couple of years. Yeah, yeah, I've been keeping up on the stuff that you guys have been doing, and uh, you know, I always like to join in the. Uh, it, it seems like you you create conversations instead of just putting information out there, which I think is really great. Oh well, yeah, thank, thanks. Yeah, I mean, we're uh, you know we're we're definitely interested, in, you know, in other things, and that's why I wanted to have you on the show because it you know you started something with uh, with DocuFest, and um, can you can you tell tell us a little bit about that and. You know, it sounds really interesting. I was reading some of the some of the uh, the vision on the on the site, but uh, tell tell me a little bit about that. How that you know how that got started, and you know where where you want to take it. Absolutely. Well, you know the the, the thing is, it tends to change depending on what day you ask me. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it, it's a. Uh, it's a collective project. It, it, it's an idea that uh, at a larger music festival like Rothbury or the Electric Forest or, you know, even something like North Coast Festival or Hoxieville Festival, that there's just no way that a single photographer can capture you know, the, the essence of a festival. Uh, you know, there's just so much going on that there's no way that, that one person can, can try to pull that in by themselves. I, I, you know, tried doing that for, you know, four years on, on my own. And, uh, you know, within the last couple of years, my wife joined me. And so, you know, we started to see that, uh, you know, when you have two people's pictures that you can pick from, you get a lot better than just one. And, and, and so that was sort of the idea to start out with that, you know, what if we had a, a team of talented photographers and we picked their best and put that forward as sort of a, uh, an opportunity or a, a, at least a, uh, a try at documenting what, what these festivals are. And, and in that being that uh, there, there's some importance the way you go about shooting those things, that, that there would be a, uh, a certain amount of things that you are looking to cover that's not just the music. Uh, being a, a, a rock and roll or a concert photographer for a long time, you know, you tend to get very focused on just the stuff that's happening on the stage, but at a festival, it seems to be happening all around you. Wouldn't you agree? 
Yeah. Uh, what what kinds of things? Uh, you know, it, it's interesting you say. You know, most of the concert photography you see. You know, a lot of it focuses on what's going on on stage. And uh, what what kinds of things have you been able to discover by take you know by focusing the lens not on the stage but on on the people and and what kind of how, how have you guys how have you you know experimented with that? I know when we first met you at Rothbury, you know that's kind of some of the things we were, we initially talked about. But what have what have you discovered so far? You know, in that. Well, a, a couple of different things. One is that uh, you know festivals can allow for. Uh, what I like to call sacred space, uh, or, or what other people call sacred space, uh, and you know, a, a safe place for exploration. And I think I, I'm pretty sure that that's where I met you and your wife was, you know, just exploring the you know the forest surroundings and the reincarnation uh, installation at uh, Rothbury, uh, and just that uh, you know, there's something meaningful behind being able to take take a moment away from the stage or take a, a moment away from, uh, you know, what's being provided for you as a performance to let you create something, whether it's a space that you can just relax in a hammock or a place that you can go and enjoy art or, you know, some of the more avant-garde performances like, uh, you know, having uh, burlesque and stuff like that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff happening. And uh, I guess the other thing that we notice is that the people themselves uh, and borrow a little bit from a, a friend of mine, uh, Christopher Breedlove and Tom Laporte, that I met at Electric Forest, have a, a project called the Human Avatar that, uh, you know, they have this idea that, that people are at their best or are having a peak experience at these festivals. And you're meeting a better version of someone than, I'd say, on the street and you know, whether that's uh, being expressed through costume or through the way that they're acting or the things that they're doing, uh, those are things that, that I think that we should be documenting for future generations. It's kind of a, a slice in the culture that exists at these things. Hmm. That's kind of interesting, too. Uh, and I was, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was looking at that, uh, the Human Avatar Project and, and seeing, you know, what what was the goal of that? And that's that's really fascinating to think about too. You know, you see a lot of people. You know, we've kind of explored this a little bit on Live Fix. You know, the element of tribes. You know, and people holding up, uh, you know, uh, sticks with totems, uh, yeah, little totems and poles and things like that. And, you know, they're they're kind of morphing and you know, uh, evolving into these other tribes at concerts. Uh, you know, especially at at festivals like Rockberry or even Lollapalooza, where it's not even really a camping festival, but people are you know painting their faces and things like that, and they're kind of taking on these alter egos and you know, or or not, or even their own creativity, their true self. Like you said, that you know, uh, their peak performance is is coming up uh, with that. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. I mean, do you do you think that um, most festivals allow for people to realize that you know? that you know that's what they're that's what they're actually doing and um i guess yourself as a concert fan how have you you know struggled with that where you go to a concert and you say wow you know i'm i'm at my peak performance and then i go and doing something else and i'm not really i can't go to that same place and have, i mean have you struggled with that as a, as a concert fan I, I have just because, it, you know, a concert can take you to that place, but then it dumps you back out in the street afterwards. 
Mm. And, and you've got to struggle with, you know, getting right back into whatever you were doing right before that, whether that's going to the hotel, going to a friend's house or anything like that. Whereas, you know, a festival experience, you've got one concert after another concert after another concert and space to explore. You know, if you're not feeling vibe right in front of the stage, there are 10,000 other things to do. And so I think I've been frustrated at just a regular concert before at the surroundings. It's hard for me to enjoy music as much indoors as it is outdoors. I'm one of those people that, you know, no matter what I'm doing, I'd love to have a little bit of space around me so that if I do want to dance, I can. Mm -hmm. Versus, you know, being Packed up against uh, the front rail, and, and it, you know you carved out that space ten hours ago, and you're just going to be there. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, there's the, the sort of two different experiences there. And uh, you know, as people are exploring that, I think that you know, what you see is that if a festival wants to, they can intentionally create that, or if they don't. You know, we go to plenty of festivals that don't. Uh, you know, and I think that you see that at uh, you know, sort of your your urban festivals that they have much less space to create sacred space, so you're not going to see a lot of it. Uh, versus, uh, you know, venues like uh, the the Rothbury site in Michigan or Horning's Hideout out in Oregon, where String Cheese and String Summit and all the other cool things happen. You know that that uh, you know. It, it, it's sort of going back to that tribal existence or that, you know, being more human that, you know, the experience is more than just the show. It's who you go with and, uh, you know, sort of uh, opens up an, another idea, which is, you know, the theme camp or the you, you know, groupings of people gathered together to do something more than set up a tent. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that too, more, you know, more than just setting up a tent and doing that, you know, I think one of the things that's, kind of interesting to, you know, to follow is to see how brands are embedding themselves into the festival experience, you know, and you, you don't see a whole lot of them. And obviously, we all know why to a certain extent, you know, there's, there's a marketing element there and, you know, there's, you know, are they really invested in the fan experience, you know, the emotional experience, or like you said, are they, you know, are they, are they just more favoring, you know, dumping the fan, dumping their message into the fan, and then just hoping that they, you know, they associate their concert experience with with that? But um, I mean, do you do you think I, that you know? I absolutely think so. I, I I think that if you're a lifestyle brand, uh, you know, and, and and to me, I think about uh, like what Merrill did, uh, you know, and having adventure based experiences and stuff like that at, at Rothbury. But uh, you know, if if you're a brand that that actually embraces the culture uh, of the people that buy your products, then I think that there's opportunity for that. I think where it, it, it it's it, it's not really a good fit would be, you know, say something like Major League Baseball coming and, and setting up their experiential marketing exhibit in the lot. That just doesn't that doesn't gel for me. And, and I think that you know brands have to have a really good idea of what they're getting themselves into when they start to do those types of things uh, to be perceived as authentic. And uh, you know I think that you start to see some of those those brands that that support that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, like Innova does a lot to support the you know. So or glow disc golf course at, at uh, Electric Forest. Uh, that 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 there's there's an opportunity for you know maybe a brand alignment, not necessarily uh, in your face type of uh, marketing experience. Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's definitely an emerging uh, you know concept, you know, and figuring out, you know, obviously the you know the live music industry is really, you know, it's it's you know it's it's exploded, and you know, it, it, there's a you know festivals popping up all over the place. You know, some make it, some last, some don't. You know, um, but uh, what what are some of your obviously you know electric electric fork Fe- force festival and um, you know Rockberry and things like that. What are some of your you know your your most memorable experiences that you've had that um you know as a photographer or as a as a fan because i know it's it's two different experiences uh when you go to a show with a camera in hand or you go to a show just without anything you know you're not there to document absolutely you know so what are your what are some of your favorite experiences with camera in hand and then also just without any you know just 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 experience just as a fan right um, well, you know, I, I try to, uh, I try to make time for both when I'm at a festival, just because, you know, it'd be a shame to, you know, be working the whole time that I'm there. But, uh, I'll, I'll go back to the first Rothbury, uh, because that was the first time that I'd ever seen, uh, music in that large of a setting that took something off the stage and, and you know, specifically, you know, what string cheese did in, uh, you know, 80 foot balls bouncing down the hills with, you know, hula hoopers and, and fire dancers and everything out in the crowd. Uh, it, it was, it was more than I ever knew anyone could bring to the table, you know, or something like, uh, you know, the dead performing on, on 4th of July with fireworks going off in the background. The, those are experiences that I'll always carry with me, both as, you know, someone that just experienced it and someone who shot it. I, I'm lucky enough to have pictures to remind me of it. Uh, but, uh, you know, be, beyond that, uh, you know, kind of a magical experience that we had uh, being able to go out to Horning's hideout for some of the string cheese incidents out there. It's a uh, small family campground, and when they're not doing festivals there, you can take your family there and do trout fishing. Hmm. Uh, It's a, uh, you you know, uh, a campground that uh, there's some intention there that this is a, this is a nice place and let's keep it that way, Uh, you know, versus some of the, uh, the larger festivals that happen in cornfields or empty city lots that, you know, the goal is not to give you anything other than a lot of music on the stage. And, uh, you know, although I haven't been to it, uh, you know, just seeing what they do for the environment at a festival like Coachella, uh, you can tell that that's on a different level than, you know, say something like, uh, you know, Bonnaroo that, uh, you know, just you know, they, they definitely have the money. They definitely have the capability of creating that experience, but you know, to them, it's about the music and, and that's pretty much it. it. If, you know, you happen to stop by at this vendor or, you know, that vendor, you know, that that's really going to be the, the majority of your experience is just the music versus, you know, some of my best experiences have, have, have been, you know, sort of not not watching something on stage whether it's uh you know witnessing a drum circle in the middle of the forest or uh you know anything else like that uh aaron and i just went down to uh spirit of the swanee music campground down in live Oak, florida uh that's another great uh place to 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 go to a festival because it's an established campground with established facilities. This isn't, uh, you know, a temporary tent city out in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, leading me to what's been the, the, the pinnacle so far in any type of, uh, you know, large scale gathering of people. Uh, Aaron and I uh, went to Burning Man last fall and, uh, you know, that, that sort of changes the landscape forever. 
What was that? What, what was that like? I know we, we've talked to a couple fans that have uh, have been there, and everybody seems to have a you know different different take on it. Uh, you know, what was uh, what was your experience like? What was you know how, how did that kind of change things for you? Uh, just seeing that, uh, you know, you might have been to a festival where you saw a theme camp, but you never saw someone that set up the, uh, you know, uh, entire full service hotel with concierge service that, that's just there to make sure that someone's having a good time. Or, you know, you've never witnessed uh, 12,000 women riding by in a topless bicycle rally. Uh, you know, you've never ridden a 60 foot dragon across the desert before on a media tour to go meet the artists that installed this stuff. You know, it just, it, it, it's really take everything to an, an extreme level of creativity and manifestation and performance performance. Uh, you know, they don't like to call it a festival. You know, it's a gathering. It's a city. Uh, you know, a city has everything going on in it, not just, you know, music performances, but, you know, saw some great music performances as well. Uh, Iodo, uh, Beats Antique, uh, you know, random rap playing at dawn on the top of a dragon, uh, you know, stuff like that, that, you know, you're just never going to see again. And it's also, it's the people there that make it happen. You know, whereas you go to a festival or a music festival or, or anything else, you're expecting that you paid money and other people are going to entertain you. Uh, this is almost like you're, you're paying money for the opportunity to go and take your entertainment and, you know, what you're going to bring to the table and what you're going to try to do to, you know, contribute. Uh, and it, it's all about participation. And there are very few observers and, uh, you know, a lot more people who are involved. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, sounds like, uh, a pretty, pretty amazing uh, experience to, uh, to have it. Uh, it's interesting too, to have you, you, you say that it's, that it's a city, you know, and that, that, you know, the music is just one component of that. And, you know, it's much like how, you know, outside of the festival experience, you know, you go to a concert at a venue, you know, you get dumped out in the city, you know, you come out into the afterwards in the city and you kind of go about your way. But at Burning Man, it's, you know, it's kind of going all, all around, all around you all the time. You know? And it's seven days. <laughs> you know, it's seven it, days. Wow. It, like, like, like Bayless says, you know, Humphreys, it, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It, you know, you can't burn yourself out the first couple of days there. You've got to sort of take the time to get your bearings and, and, and find out what you're really trying to get out of the experience. And, uh, you know, the thing that we found is that's through connections to other people. It, and it happens more than it would, I, I would say, at another type of, you know, just say music festival where, you know, people are there for a shared experience of seeing their favorite band. Wow. But it's, it's oh. different for everyone, though. I, you know, that that's just my experience. Wow. So, uh, what was the what was the first uh, concert you ever you know you photographed? You know, and then what was what was that like for you? Uh, I was actually just going through an old hard drive and found the pictures from when I took my old Nikon Coolpix 900 or 950 little. <laughs> 
it was a little Nikon that, that like twisted so that, uh, you know, you could put it up over your head and take shots in the crowd and stuff like that. But it was a particle show at House of Blues in Orlando uh, probably about 10 years ago. And this was like you know, one of the first Nikon digital cameras that, uh, you know, anyone could get their hands on under $1,000. And, uh, it, you know, what what's surprising to me is that when I took those pictures, I could have sworn to you they were badass. But looking <laughs> at them now, they, you know, they look like cell phone pictures. But, it, you know, 10 years ago, that you know, that, that was enough for us. We, we were happy with that. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, one right after that that uh, you know had some almost passable images was uh, a JJ Gray and Ofro show at the uh, the social downtown Orlando. We used to go and see those guys quite a bit, mm-hmm. and that 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 basically when I started taking pictures at shows. Yeah, I'd always been a photographer, but never really had the equipment, and uh, it, you know loved seeing live music and, and sort of started to see that this could be hey you know put these two things together, and uh, you know I guess. 10 years later, I still haven't found a better shot, a better spot to watch a show. Hmm. Wow. Wow. So what, what is it like for you, you know, as a, as a photographer, you know, you've uh, probably, you know, taken thousands of shots, you know, and you, 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 you look through the lens of a camera to experience a show and then, you know, you put the camera down and you experience it with just, you know, through, um, you know, through your own eyes, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, a lot of us are experiencing, you know, Concerts, you know, going from our mobile phones back to the screen, back to, you know, non-mobile phone. And what's it it like for you when you're looking at, you know, the concert through two different lenses, so to speak? Um, A a really good example of that would be, you know, just usually you only get the first three songs and then they kick you out of the photo pit <laughs> and then you get to go have the same experience that someone else is having out in the main area, except you're hauling 50 pounds of gear with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's, uh, it, it, it's different, but, uh, you know, a good example of that would be something like one of my favorite bands is Humphreys McGee and you don't see the light show until you step back and, and you start to see that there's, you know, a whole nother layer to what was happening on the stage that you had a, a close vantage point, but everything that I was looking at was on the stage, whereas from 100 feet back or 100 yards back, that, that stage starts to take on a character of its own. And no longer are you looking at the facial expressions of the people playing, but you're looking at, at that as a living and breathing organic thing that's you know sending out fog or you know has light beams and they're piercing you know, 200 meters up into the night sky. Uh, to something like, uh, you know, a, a string cheese experience that, uh, you know, they have, you know, 100-foot-long balloons going through the crowd or, or, or something like that. You just, you know, obviously, it, you know, the venue itself takes on a whole different character when the show, it, you know, reaches off the stage. And so being able to be a part of that is, uh, you know, you, you need to get out of the pit sometimes, they're, they're, you know, and, and thank the, you know, sort of, you know, governing authority that that seems to be what happens because I don't think I, I would, uh, you know, it, it's a great experience up front, but, uh, you know, it's always much better when you get a chance to uh, reconnect with some of your friends, you know, find some of your people and, uh, you know, enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, I think that's one of the things, too, that uh, I know, you know, I, you know, sometimes I'll carry, uh, you know, Colleen's gear, you know, so she can just have the camera and, 
and kind of navigate and you know she's i mean she's been in some crazy situations too with uh wolfgang Kildemall or whatever it's called um the guy uh, odd future wolfgang Kildemall uh is right. the the one that the, the recent one where it was like she's out there and it's just like you know guys are throwing stuff off and it's just it's crazy you know it, with, it's chaos and, and you know i've gotten hit in the back of head with glow sticks or water bottles or whatnot and, <laughs> and uh it, you know it's it's not something that you appreciate but you know it's i guess one of the hazards yeah yeah so um the next thing i wanted to talk about was uh it was a really cool you know we started to have this kind of, this really interesting conversation on facebook you know about um some of the uh you know the the nuances of uh, the live music experience, you know, obviously you go to concerts, there's alcohol, there's drugs, there's substances, all these kind of things are just, uh, you know, they're a part of the, the concert experience, you know, um, good, Absolutely. good, bad, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, you said some interesting things, you know, about uh, some of your experiences and your thoughts, you know, on, on that versus, you know, allowing people to just go and, you know, have that cerebral experience without the substances. And you, you mentioned a couple, a uh, couple experiences. I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about uh, some of that and some of your thoughts around you know, yeah. what, what we were talking yeah. about on that, on that thread. Yeah. Well, I think your idea that, that sort of started me off was, you know, I don't even think it was the same post, but a, a post maybe a year back where you were talking about, uh, you know, sort of being alone at a show with, with your notebook and someone telling you, you know, come on, enjoy the show. And, you know, your response was, I, this is how I enjoy the show. And, and I, I, I think that we to realize that there's a wide spectrum there of you know what what classifies enjoyment or what what you know people are looking to get out of uh, you know a live music experience uh, and unfortunately you know when it comes to you know people that that are there to rage uh, you, you know they forget why they're there sometime and uh, you know I, I I think that you know it's ultimately one of those things where you know it's just too bad because you know they have no memory of what they did the night before. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I think that a live music experience gives someone permission to let go. You know, these are people who probably have, you know, hardcore nine to five day jobs and, and, you know, don't get a chance to get out. This isn't how they're, they're acting all the time, but, you know, you give them an opportunity to let loose and, you know, they might let loose a little bit more than they might at, at, you know, going down to the pub to shoot darts with friends. Uh, And, you know, some of my, my bad experiences with that would be, you know, like people pooping your pants before the show starts, Uh, you know, like you and your friends need to slow down a little little bit if the set hasn't started yet and you know there's a 20 yard radius around where you just drop load in your pants and (laughs) you know it it was that was something i've never seen before you know i've had uh you know a a, a little 18 year old kid turn look right at me and puke all over me at a pretty lights concert that was beautiful Mm -hmm. and uh you know it's it's one of those things where you know I, I don't want to sound like an old guy and say, you know, hold your shit and be responsible. But, you know, I, I'd say that's a huge detriment to me to, you know, some live music experiences and, uh, you know, will tend to send me up maybe to the upper balcony or back, uh, you know, behind front of house or something like that after they kick us out of the pit, because, you know, I don't necessarily want to be standing on a floor that, you know, basically spilled beer everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, uh, but, 
you know, those are things that I get cranky about as I'm older, you know, and, you know, if you ask the guy who's had four beers, he doesn't really care. Uh, but uh, I think it's, it, it, it's, it's worth saying that at a festival or an outdoor experience, there's more space, ergo, you don't have those things sort of in your face all the time. Yeah, I think it's uh, the, the you know absolutely. I, I think the, the the part about what you mentioned in that in that thread and kind of what really gets I think at the heart of the of this type of conversation too is um, you know the fact that you don't remember the show. You know, I think that that's or you don't remember what you felt or the music. I mean, you you think you remember, but you really don't. You know, and if, right. you, if you understand how how a lot of those substances interact with the body, you know, and what they actually do and why they make you do those things, you know, it it really. I mean, it's it saddens me. You know, it's not like a a, a judgmental thing. It's like, oh man, you know, right? Life. There's really nothing more. I mean, there's a there's there's a short list of things that really are amazing to experience, and live music is one of them, and. It's really, it's just kind of sad to me that, you know, when I see those situations, not the fact that they're doing that, but, you know, the morning after, you know, or the, you know, it's like, they don't really remember that, you know, that, that experience and. Yeah. Or the the fire that burns twice as bright and it, you know, they're done by 9 PM and there's still six more hours of music, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Sorry, you missed it. It's, uh, you know, it's it, it's it's one of those things. And I, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, we should only have shows where that are substance free. It's just, you know, know your limits. <laughs> yeah, it was something that we joke around about all the time. And uh, a lot of these mishaps could could be, uh, you know, you could keep away from them if everyone has an accountability buddy that that uh, you know going into an experience that, you know, if you get to that point that. Someone's going to get you someplace safe. Uh, you know, I think that that's all that anyone wants when they're in that kind of situation. If maybe they push themselves too far is, you know, where'd my people go? Uh, they, you know, uh, just so you don't have people that are, you know, becoming a nuisance, I guess. Uh, you know, what, one of the places that, that we end up a lot uh, after the, uh, you know, in pit would be to go up in front of a house where there's like a taper section. And those people are at a, are absolutely amazing at keeping the spines away. Uh, you know, I, I, I watched like a 65 year old man fight off, you know, people who were spun out of their brains with a, uh, a, a uh, umbrella he mm. used, he kept opening and closing the umbrella and it scared these kids shitless and they, they wouldn't come anywhere near him. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's remarkable to, you know, be sitting there, it, you know, there's huge show going on and, you know, in all its living color and glory. And like, here's this little subtext that's carrying out in front of the soundboard where, you know, some guy has to scare this kid away because he keeps wanting to like dance on everyone's microphones. It's, uh, you know, kind of <laughs> gets ridiculous sometimes, but, uh, you know, there are also some fun experiences is mixed within that yeah i mean it's uh it kind of brings up another uh chat i had with a, with a with a fan a while back you know about you know there's you know we, we take these substances that shows you know the drugs alcohol whatever it is you know does that really you know did most people oh yeah it makes the show better it makes you looser you know and, and there's there's just a fascinating way to look at that from the perspective of uh you know, what's going on with fans emotionally, internally, you know, and how those right. substances either help us cope with that, because a lot of times you really don't think about the whole, you know, the internal processes of all, like, what's what's going on. I think that's, um, you know, again, if, you know, 
if you know Colleen was here to she could chime in on on some of that stuff but that's what I've asked her about you know it's like a lot of these substances are there that help people deal with some of the anxieties that they bring into the show that that they uh you know that live music makes them do these things or just being around like agoraphobia you know or other or you know or just just you know just natural anxiety that people have or all these types of things that um you know, if you're taking these substances, you know, is that really enhancing the show for you or is it really, you know, making a, a bad show good or, you know, a good show bad? You know, is it really – and these are some of the things we've just started to kind of experiment with and it's been, it's been kind of fascinating to see what, uh, what some fans have, uh, have experienced, you know, going to a show sober where all previous shows that they've gone to, you know, they don't uh, – you know, they've – you know had a bunch of beer or drugs or stuff like that. And we were saying, Hey, go here, go there. And, you know, compare the experiences and, and just a lot to, you know, kind of learn from, from that. But I don't know if you've ever, have you ever talked with anybody about that? Or is that something that you guys, I, you know, kind of experiment with, uh, with DocuFest? Um, I, I, I think it's something that, uh, you know, you have the opportunity to, this, this is a, you know, going on 40, 50 years of, of culture of, you know, I want to say, you know, people going to Grateful Dead shows, this has been an issue. And, uh, it, you know, you, you look throughout all of that experience, and you know, I think a lot of people would argue that, you know, they had a better experience because they were altered. And I'll just say altered because, you know, it could be any number of things that, that they were mm-hmm. doing to enhance their experience. Um, but... Uh, I, I think maybe, you know, where there may be a parallel or an analog there to what we're trying to do with DocuFest is, you know, be able to present those environments and, and those types of pictures where, you know, maybe we're using a long exposure to show, you know, trails of neon through the forest that, you know, that might have been how it looked to someone when they were in that state, you know, that, that, that we trust our photographers to, you know, go with the vibe of, of what they feel is happening to explore mm-hmm. those scenes. And, and, and I guess that's the magic of photography is the ability to control time and uh, whether you're doing a time lapse or you're just taking a, you know, a millisecond of something that's happening, you know, that that's where your power is as a photographer in, in terms of presenting those alternate states of consciousness or, or the different ways of looking at, at, at things. And a lot of times people will say, you know, I really like the way that your photos look there. You know, they're almost surreal. And, uh, you know, do you, what do you do to edit it? What, what can I do to get my photos to look like that? I just say, well, I'm just attempting to get the picture to look like it looked in my head when I took it. Mm. it you know, that, that it's all perceived reality, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I often say that, uh, and I, I won't mention any bands, but I, I've, I've, I've said this to Colleen many times. She'll take a picture and she'll make the band look better than they sounded. You know, and <laughs> you know, in in that way, I'm like, wow, you know. And there'll be some bands that we went to that I really, I really dug, and she was like, why are we here? You know, that that kind of thing. And and but she'll capture what was going on in my head and, and the picture, I'd be like, Oh yeah, I really love that moment of that song, you know, but she was like totally not <laughs> like not into the show, but she took a picture that was, she was able to get inside my head. And I was right. like, wow, how'd you do that? You didn't even, you were even digging the show, but as a photographer, you were able to get a representation of 
you know, what, like what I was feeling and, and what the band, you know, like, just, you know what I'm saying? Like it was, I absolutely do. And, and, and a really good example of that is, uh, you know, the, uh, the live performance paintings, uh, we've known scramble Campbell for a number of years that, that we met down in Florida and he does, you know, sort of the, I guess you call it high end live performance paintings at, at these things. And, you know, that's, I guess, a further step of abstraction that, you know, he's painting a feeling, he's painting a vibe, he, he's painting, you know, that experience for those, you know, that collective experience that we're sharing and, and you know, maybe what that music felt like and, and instead of just here's a, sh you know, here's a, uh, you know, sort of journalistic snapshot of, of exactly what happened there. Uh, it, it's up to a lot more interpretation. Yeah, I think it'd be fascinating too, and uh, I don't know if you guys are planning to do this with DocuFest, but uh, you know, definitely dive more. You know, it'd be great to dive more into, you know, deeper into the uh, you know the emotional experience of what fans you know are feeling at these different uh, these different festivals. Because again, you know, it's I don't know if it's a it's a thing that the music industry or just doesn't you know it's just too much because they got to pump the bands and you know they got to do that. But again, the fan experience just seems to just you know, it gets covered here and there. It gets celebrated or explored, you know, here and there, but not to the level that I think it needs to be. And it'd be interesting to see a project like what you guys are doing with DocuFest and the Human Avatar Project to to really look at the concert experience because we're we're in a period right now. I mean, that uh, people are going to so many festivals. I think more than we've gone to in the history of music. I, I think. I mean, I. I, I don't, absolutely I, you know, and it's just like it needs to be documented and it documented differently than we've had before and it's we have the right. media to do it you know it's now it's like we're putting context to all these experiences which again we haven't done and the music industry hasn't really you know done that you know and, at, at and, a large level and i guess you know that would be one of the things that i i try to play as a key difference between docufest and say uh, you, you know uh uh uh, a music blog or someone else covering, you know, covering your festival is that, you know, we're, we're trying to take a role as an observer. You know, we're, we're trying to present things as fan experience would see them. And, uh, you know, those type of interactions versus, you know, it's not just all about whoever was playing guitar or you know, whoever was up on stage. This is this is something that the shared experience that we've created together. And uh, you know, there are a lot of different parts to that. That you know, I I, I think it, it, it's almost ridiculous anymore that you know it's not like we don't have the technology, don't have the know-how to make that fan experience better. It just hasn't been it as important to the, the, the festival producers and promoters as it's starting to become to compete, you know, that the same way that you have two, two hotels that'll compete on amenities, uh, you, you're starting to see, you know, I guess, lusher and, and, and lusher, you know, VIP packages and <laughs> perks and stuff like that, because, you know, people are starting to realize that, uh, they, you know, Hey, I love going to these things, but I don't want to live like a wook. You know, I, I, I need a warm shower every day. I want catering. I, I you know, I, I want to have electricity so that I can plug in, you know, my, my laptop to share some pictures the next day. You know, that, that, and that, I, I think there's a, 
there's a long way to go for, for every festival in, in meeting those expectations or, or, you know, creating new expectations for, for what you might get out of that. Uh, you know, the, in terms of, hey, you know, we're going to offer you a little bit more or we're going to allow you to self-assemble and create your own camp so that you can camp with the people that you know versus, you know, being separated by a mile, uh, you know, and anything along those lines. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, uh, you know, sounds like another uh, another show topic has uh, is, is emerging here. So it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's great, uh, Ben. It's been awesome talking with you, and and this is a fantastic conversation that um, I know uh, a lot of people are gonna gonna enjoy um, with with that. So thank you, thank you so much for uh, for for joining us. And uh, yeah. where can everybody find? Uh, more i know you have uh slatercreative.com yep and uh that that's sort of uh you know, my own personal commercial photography uh docufest.org is where you can find the docufest project and uh you know this is your permission to be a part of the DocuFest project. We're looking for photographers who are out there taking these images already, who would like to be a part of something bigger. Uh, and and uh, you know, we're not asking for copyright on your images; just the you know the permission to display them in a larger context. It, it the goal that you know at, at one point we might have funding and capability of actually archiving these, you know, for future posterity instead of, you know, oh, they're, you know, in a, a Flickr Pro account, well, they, you know, that's not going to mean anything in 100 years. <laughs> All right. Well, Ben, thank you very much for uh, for joining us. All right. Welcome back. Uh, fantastic chat with Ben. Um, again, thanks, Ben, for uh, sharing the story and uh, diving deep into some of his favorite live music experiences. Um, great to finally have him on the show. And um, one of the things that Ben and I talked about too was to you know we're gonna we're gonna have some all you know an official photography show um, where we get some other photographers on here. I know Colleen, you uh, you definitely would be able to uh, talk far more deeply about uh, the art of uh, concert the photography. Art of yeah, right? absolutely. And I've got a couple of friends who've been doing it a little bit longer than me and kind of spur me on, encourage me you know, mentor me a little bit and I'd love to have a just photography podcast, concert photography, I should say. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause there was that one part in that chat that, uh, you know, I was just amazed and I was being completely honest too about how we went to that one show and you just took that picture and you made the, you, a lot of times you make the band look better than they are. Well, who, thank you. I take, were, I'll take that as a compliment, you know, and then the flip side of it is, you know, you, a lot of times you don't, like the band i like the band you're taking a picture and somehow you take a picture of exactly how i felt you know or what was going on inside my mind emotionally and the picture represents the emotional fireworks that were going off in my head which was pretty interesting somebody who's not enjoying the show you'll still be able to capture that i don't know how that works but in any case the camera's magical let's put it that way i don't know if it's just the camera but yeah but um yeah, so we're uh, we're just about wrapping up. We have one thing here that's uh, really, really exciting. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we had Record Store Day, our last show. So what we're doing on Live Fix uh, starting today is that uh, we have a contest going on. So we're giving away uh, uh, four, uh, four albums, actually two albums and a couple of uh, big CDs and things like that that... Um, 
uh, Rich from uh, Rediscover Records gave me and then some other records we picked up at uh, Reckless Records. So we're going to be giving them away. All you got to do is go to the show notes on livefixblog.com. We're having a comment contest right on the blog. And then later in this week, you're going to want to uh, fan us on Facebook. So go to LiveFix uh, Facebook page and become a fan. Click like. And then we're going to make an announcement. And when we make that announcement, you guys are going to want to click like on that uh, and comment on that. We're going to give away a um, CD, or I'm sorry, CD, uh, a vinyl, limited edition vinyl of uh, Iggy Pop, Iggy, Iggy and the Stooges, and uh, Tegan and Sarah on, uh, on the Facebook page. So that's super exciting, um, and that just about wraps up this show. Again, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, follow us on Facebook, again, Live Fix Blog. And um, we're also on Pinterest you know. now. Yeah. So yeah. check we, us out on Pinterest. We have been on Pinterest. We're just we're just official now. So we've we've set up uh, some pin boards of uh, ticket stubs, all types of stuff on there. Uh, concert infographics, um, concert shots, fan experiences, tattoos of fans, uh, fans with tattoos. I should say actually. Uh, yeah. So we're Pinterest is fantastic. I, I think it's. Uh, Great thing for concert fans. We got a lot of cool gadgets, uh, earplugs, headphones, iPad, blah, all that kind of stuff. So check us out on Pinterest and follow us on uh, on Twitter too, because we um, we have some good chats on Twitter with uh, with concert fans. You guys are tweeting some really cool stuff, uh, and you can follow us at Live Fix Media on Twitter. And uh, that just about wraps it up. So thanks again for listening. And as always, give us a call on the uh, Concert Fan Hotline, which is, what is the number, Colleen? <laughs> the number is 773-609-4341. Yes. And I'm, I've been answering them, so please continue to call up and leave us some of your live music experiences. Yeah, you guys are you guys are in store for some great great fan stories. So lots of fans have been calling in and uh, leaving comments on the blog, and we got uh, a summer set up to pretty much rock your world. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Again, all show notes are at livefixblog.com. We will see you guys later. Yeah.